Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Damien, and uh, welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride that hype train into the future. Let me introduce our cast. Hey, Kate. Cajun. Hey, buddy, what? Okay. Uh, Chris? Crickets. The salt shaker. I knew that. I knew this wasn't salty at all. We need some spice. What will we got for some spice? I think we got some over here. The Ron Jeremy stunt beep himself. Uh, what's going on, Paul? Ah uh, ha ha! <laughs> Howdy there, Mister Nash. It's me. It's Paul. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> it's a record. <laughs> Actually, technically, it's tying my previous record with the spoiler <laughs> cast. So. All right, so tonight we we're just doing a twofer. It's been kind of an odd night for everybody. Life happened. Uh, we got people that are outstayed away from their computers and all that stuff. Uh, Silver, we miss you. Uh, we'll get back with you here soon. Jeff is uh, doing the doing the family thing. Arts. And uh, yeah, so you know, it's just been interesting. We're gonna have a so we're we're gonna do this the best we can, the two manner, uh, which you know yep. we got mm-hmm. this. We got this. We're we're no slouches as this. Yeah. Oh, so, totally. First off, this is going to be so, so error missions. No, we, we haven't had either. Oh, our, I guess our error in omission is, is that this last week, uh, our last couple episodes came out, uh, later that was due to just like I said, life happening. Things changed. Everything's going to get back, back on track here real soon. But, uh, with that, mm-hmm. let's get into our queue. Yeah. All right, so first up, I got Norseman, okay? Now, what I want you to do is I want you to think about, you know, the History Channel's Vikings, right? But what what if okay. we combined that with, say, Monty Python? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm saying, what if you were to take <laughs> the History Channel's Vikings drama and you okay. were to blend it with, say, you know, Monty Python? humor and again i say wait what you have my attention sir please okay please so this is a in, in english it's called norseman uh but in mm-hmm. it where it, it's actual i believe it's swedish uh its actual name is viking gain or viking viking okay viking <laughs> something like that v-i-k don't yeah, look at yeah, me I, 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 i'm just i'm just trying to read it in the best i can uh, you know, you know me mm-hmm. in reading things. I mean, last week I I said <laughs> uh, for the Destiny cast, I said uh, instead of Nolan North, I said Peter North. Oh, yeah. Oh no, no. I was listening to it last night, and I go, that name sounds strangely familiar. Yeah, same here. I'm just like, I'm like, why does that name sound so familiar? And I'm sitting a flashback to like my seventh and eighth grade, getting the old school videos that you're not supposed to have, but young men find. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so bad. Sorry, sorry. It's supposed to be f- yeah, that's a bad Mr. Nash. Yes, which now my bad now boy. Due to that, my Discord name for the week or for however long the powers that be will have it is Peter North. Yes, right. so much fun. <laughs> but back, you know what? There are worse names to have. Very true. But back to the Norsemen. So I'm basically the, it's set in 70, 790 AD. Futures the daily challenges of people living in a small Viking village. From power struggle, brother rivalry, gender equality, to betrayal and friendship. It's the story of people from our time, but living during the Viking era. 
Of course, everyday choices have far more dramatic consequences. That makes for great comedy material. And that's the that's the write-up on IMDb. But I'm telling you, basically, like, I, I saw this. I was like, oh, my God, this looks so good. Then I watched it. I'm like, it took me back. I'm like, wait, there's a lot of humor in this. Like, this guy's like, I'm like, looking, mm-hmm. I'm like, is this Monty Python? What, what's going on? You know? And oh, it's just, it's so good. Like, it, it's gory. It's gory as all hell. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like it's like you know I'm just gonna say it's like like the slave he's like trying not to get himself killed, and th- then he yeah. like well someone's got to be punished. He winds up getting pardoned right because they were gonna do sacrifices mm-hmm. to the gods, and he's trying to sit there and go well I, I I would like to live, and then all of a sudden the the people that were away raiding come back. And he's all mm-hmm. they're all like well. You can't think that we, you were given this, so we have to still punish you. He's like, oh, okay, thank you. So he's thanking it, and there's others new slave that's coming in from that was pillaged from the uh, from England. It's brought mm-hmm. in, and he's trying to talk to this guy. This guy's getting branded. He goes, oh, I, I got away. I was I was given another go at life, and so it's okay. You, you'll get to like it. You'll learn to like it. And he's sitting there bent over, being branded <laughs> with a hot iron, and I'm like, oh my god. But it's that it's that it's that British humor. And I'm not even doing it any justice, but it's it's so it, it's it's witty, it's funny. There's times where it. So is it a is it a British yeah, show? Is yeah, it, or is no, it a Scandinavian uh, well, show? Well, Scandinavian, but it was played. Okay, it was uh, aired on BBC as well. Uh, okay. And so right now you got season one on Netflix. There's two seasons supposedly, but but the first season one's on season Netflix. One's on Netflix. That's why I found this. Uh, oh, fantastic! Yes, yeah. So it's I mean it's. It's good. Like I'm, like I said, uh, watch a few episodes. I'm about four or I think I'm four episodes in. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. checked to see how many episodes are in the season, but yeah, watch it and then we'll come back and do a season cap on it and we'll discuss it together. Now, you'll see in Discord tomorrow that I've probably watched probably. all of it. <laughs> okay, so next I got another thing that was brought up on Netflix. Like Netflix has been popping some some. Uh, some uh, BBC material on there quite quite a bit recently. Mm-hmm. One of the things is Ripper Street. Now, this is a five. Now, it threw me off because I thought it was the only one se- season on it. But mm-hmm. over in Europe, they call a season a series. So. Oh, I'm yeah. well versed yeah, in my, so, uh, my yeah, British so I, And I'm not. So I was like, oh, I'm like, it's five series. I'm like, what? Is this like True Detective? Is that? So it's not. But. This mm-hmm. show is excellent. I'm four episodes into season series one, so season one for us. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically, what it takes place is uh, the street of Whitechapel are the haunt of Detective Inspector Edmund Reed and his team of officers who aim to maintain law and order in a place once terrorized by Jack the Ripper. It's basically a great detective period thriller, which will sit with well, well with fans that are fans of like things like the Lost Kingdom, or the, the not Lost Kingdom, the Last Kingdom, which which okay. it shares a lot of actors with that one as well. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also, if you're a fan of Sherlock, there's member there's cast members from Sherlock. Yeah. There's cast members also a lot of cast members from Game of Thrones are in this. Um, oh, okay. Like one of my one of my favorite. One of my favorite guy uh, cast members that was in it was uh, the guy that plays uh, Faust. Forgive me one minute. We're gonna have to edit this out because I just closed out of my notes. 
Yes, oh, no. I know. It's bad, 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 bad. Let's see here. I was looking for... Bad, 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 bad boy. Oh, God. You make me feel so Do good. I? Make me feel so good. Oh. Fouts, you can keep that in, or that could be just for you. <laughs> Are you singing? Oh, you're singing to Fouts now. Let's see how it is. All right, so... Mm. Going back in, so the one of the guy, characters that's from uh, The Last Kingdom is the king himself in it that makes your skin crawl half the time because you're getting angry at him. Da- actor David Dawson, uh, he plays Fred Best, which is this sleazy uh, reporter for the newspaper, and he sets things up and all sorts of stuff to try to bring it on. Basically, the whole thing is is there's crimes happening, and then there's copycat killers trying to blend in Jack the Ripper. Now, there's stuff that okay. now it kind of takes on, and you'll like this, it kind of takes on a Gotham way uh, uh, of trying to say, like, hey, this guy could be the Joker, or this guy could be the Joker, or this guy could be the Joker. It, it targets mm-hmm. a lot of people that could be Jack the Ripper, because all that's been said is that he stopped his killings for the time being. Never was found. Doesn't say if Jack the Ripper... Uh, has come back or not. I haven't looked ahead to find out if that's true or not in the season fin- series finale or not. But mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it eludes you to think that each thick hill could be a potential ripper. Uh, but the character I was talking about, one of my favorite characters that's in it, he's like he's one of the other one of the detectives and he's like I guess you'd say he's probably the uh one of the co stars, but he's like the second main guy is Jerome Flynn. Mm-hmm. So now okay. he's from he's, who's, who's Jerome, Jerome Flynn. Flynn. If you were to go onto his IMDb and check stuff, I mean he's you know he's from Game of Thrones, and he plays uh, Brom, I believe. Oh, okay. So, uh, and uh, he's he's excellent. In this he's uh he does a lot of boxing in this series. And he does. He gets his. He gets his ass kicked, but he also kicks a lot of ass. Does yeah. the ass kicking? So I mean, yeah. So yeah, Bron. That's exactly who he plays. And so, just okay. like his character in Game of Thrones, he knows how to fight. <laughs> basically, um, is he a wise ass? Oh God, yes. Oh my God, yes. Little, little more. Well, it's good to know that he's he's starting to get uh, typecast. A little, little more serious. A little more serious, though. Uh, he actually did. Oh, okay. So he he started Ripper Street in so he did this and Game of Thrones at the same time because he started Ripper Ripper Street in 2012. Oh, okay. And Game of Thrones started in 2011. And... Oh, wow. So he did he did his first so he did Game of Thrones, and then jumped right over to Ripper Street. Busy, busy man. Oh, yeah. But a lot of those Game of Thrones actors are really busy like that, though. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they are. I mean, you watch pretty much any any uh, any BBC TV series or like, I mean, it's just like like New Zealand actors. Not to ty- not to try to typecast them or anything, but anytime you have anything filming mm-hmm. in New Zealand, you'll start recognizing the same actors. Like, I mean, back when you had when you had you know uh, Spartacus, all the the series of Spartacus, and then there was also at the same time uh, there was. The sort of truth being, you know, being the sludge of the seeker was being filmed down there. Uh-huh. Now, mind you, those were both Sam Raimi produced features, and so they shared uh-huh. a lot of the same actors between both, and and so it was down the film down in New Zealand. So you saw a lot of that 
that's a, it's a common thing. It's, it's actually kind of cool to see that they're they keep their actors are kept busy uh, just because of. Do they uh do the, do you see any of those people show up in like Ash vs Evil Dead because they filmed that down in New Zealand yes, as well? Yes, you do, and that's the Sam Raimi. You see a lot of them. Yeah. Oh, Sam Raimi, yeah, yeah, exactly. You see a lot of it. Interesting, yep. interesting. Well, it's cool that he keeps them all in work and that those actors all get to keep yeah, working. Yeah, Sam Raimi loves like, that's keeping really his dope. people t- together. Uh, oh now, yeah, he casts the same people over and oh, over yeah. again. I want to see him cast Liam Neeson again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. So the next right ne- next thing is it i saw it on opening night have you seen it yet no so you better keep this pretty spoiler free man because i i will go see i may go see it tomorrow okay. no i'm recording with jeff tomorrow no, well no. i'm keeping it keeping it spoiler free all i can say is that if you like horror well i mean i saw the miniseries yeah so i mean like i know the course of events i just this like, is closer I guess, this yeah, is closer to the book okay this is this is closer yeah, that's to what the i've book. heard however what's great about it is it knows where it defers from the book and it still gives nods to things it may skip that you might see in chapter two as a, as a, as Mm -hmm. a uh, flashback. And it's the cinematography is, is outstanding in it, but the character, the characters are so every character is fleshed out. Every character, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, if you've read the book, you can go into this not reading the book or reading the book, and you get basically the same experience. Like I have not didn't think that it'd be able to capture the experience of reading the book and the horrors that I pictured in my mind on film. Okay. But they really were able to pull this off. It was fantastic. The child actors, every single one of them deserves an Oscar. This is, I mean. This is a rated R version. Most, I mean, yes, for for gore and stuff, but most of that rated R is for language. Um, yeah, and it is basically this generation's Goonies. It is okay. Careful with that because Goonies was a kids movie. Well, this this is, is not. not a kids movie, but it was okay. Okay, Stand by Me. Then how about that? Stand by Me was rated R. There you go. That's a and that's also based off a of Stephen King yeah. book. Yeah. So or a short story. So you got one of the two. If you were to mix, you know, you you got these movies that are from our our childhood stuff that we you know we really relate to. Stand by Me, Goonies, things like that. That's what this movie. Oh, that's what this movie is going to be. This mm-hmm. is this is that. I mean, it's it's insane. The the humor is amazing, but. Anytime the clown is on screen, basically when when you're looking at it, it's just it, man. The director and just the story writer, everything like you couldn't do better than this. Honestly, bringing a novel to mm-hmm. future future film. Excuse me. This is the way you do it. This this is how you create. I mean, this is how you start telling a story that people are going to like be on the edge of their seat for. Cause I mean, literally when we were in there, my kids and I were like, we're like leaning, like we're captivated by the, cause I mean, there's so many stories that are going on all encompassing the story of, of Pennywise, the clown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, when, when he shows up, you're terrified. You're like, Oh my God, this is horrible. This is scary. When he's not there, the story keeps you, glued to your seat 
not wanting to miss a single beat because the actors and stuff, they're so, so good that you feel all the emotion that's there that they're going through. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. It really is great. And, uh, I mean, th- I mean so much so that they're talking, they're, they're even talking about doing, this is going to get more into the hype train, but they're talking about doing a prequel. And we'll talk more about that down in the hype train. No, 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 We'll talk about that in the hype train, but it's not a bad thing. Uh, the, the idea is about tr- Let's see about mm-hmm. that. Let's see about that. <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to say something really quick. Uh, the director is uh, Andy uh, Mus- Mus- Muschetti. Muschetti? Yeah. I can't say it. I can't yeah. pronounce it. But he's the director of Mama. Yep. Yep. And I believe he's a and I believe he's a Spanish director. Uh, I'm on his IMDb right now. And come on, it doesn't say anymore. They used to say where they were born and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Argentinian. Now. Yeah, Argentinian. So yeah, he's a he's a Spanish director, and uh, I just noticed that like Spanish directors and horror right now are like they're, tight they knit, are. and they're producing some of the greatest stuff. Yes, and this is honestly, I feel that this movie, that, so Stephen King movies, they they're hit or miss for either it's like they're either Oscar oh, material yeah. or they're not. They're, they're Oscar material if Frank Darabont has his hands on it. Yeah. And I feel that this one, like every actor, every every child actor, every, every, just everybody involved in this film deserves an Oscar. It won't happen because it's a horror film, but I... It's, it's cool. so, it is so much more it than does, a horror it, film, though. That's the thing is this is so much I so know, much but more. How the Academy looks at it, it's. I mean, this is a, that would be a, that's a completely different episode. And and, and talking about and, like, but that the thing is, is it has it, there has in the past. I mean, special effects and stuff they get. They, I mean, acting, yeah, it's it's hard. But in the past, I mean, look at Poltergeist. Poltergeist got it for special effects. The Fly, the original Fly. Oh the yeah, second, okay. The special effects. Yeah. So if like on a technical level, they're willing to respect horror films and the use of practical effects. But that's. Really, it like every once in a while a horror film wins like the big Oscar, and the last, the last one to do that was Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, true. Now, now I'm now I'm just gonna say, and they still say Silence of the Lambs is not a horror film. They're like, it's not a horror film. It's like, come on, now it's terrifying. Now, in closing on on seeing this film without spoilers, is the fact that that if you're going into this now, Bill Skarsgård. Um, he does a phenomenal job. He, that's what I've heard. The scenes that he's in, he owns and he will make you, he makes you uncomfortable. He has encompassed the role of Pennywise, a clown to a much more realized version than I would, I would compare him to being better than, Heath Ledger's Joker. Okay. Is this in terms of like actors playing clowns? This is in terms No, 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 no. <laughs> this just is in terms This is in terms of just encomp- like becoming the character. Like I don't I do okay. not know how he sleeps at night being able to play Pennywise the way that he did. 
Okay, you may say that, but when it comes to like really getting into the character and understanding it, like, come on, Heath Ledger clearly won out. Like, he really got into the brain of that character so much so that it, you know, it wait to wait till so if Bill Skarsgård ends up dead, I'm willing to concede this point. Okay, all right, all right, okay. So I okay, I'll take I'll take that. All right, all right. I'll, I'll take it as uh, a tie. I, I do have, uh, now, you wanted to talk okay. about American Horror Story uh, Cult, correct? Yeah. Ah, oh, Jesus. I, I haven't. I, I'm still. <laughs> okay. Have yet to get into American Horror oh. Story. I need to. I've gone through the haunted you house at that I, Universal I, Studios. I've seen where it's filmed. I just haven't done it uh, yet. Uh. The okay. So I watched uh, last week. I mentioned that I saw Murder House. I watched that in its entirety, and then I'm watching this one now, from the beginning, one episode a week, and I'm hate watching it, like. It I tonight or before we recorded, I watched the episode from Tuesday and I'm sitting here like angry, like Fouts, you can bleep this if you want, or you can leave it. But I was just going, no, it's like just saying this out loud. I'm sure my neighbors really hated me for it, but it was driving me up the wall. The sheer stupidity of these characters and the sheer stupidity of the show right now. I don't. If it's trying to be a dark comedy, I don't find it funny. So in that regard, I think it's a bad comedy. Uh, as a horror thing, it's not scary. It's, I don't know. Last week I said it was unnerving. This week it's just pissing me off more. Is there uh, is there any saving grace for it right now? Like, I mean, is there any actor or actress that's saving, that that's role is at least making it bearable for you to continue? Or is, or is this like a lot? Evan of- Peters. Okay. Okay. Evan Peters, man, like he's so good, but he was like barely in this episode. And this episode was a lot of Sarah Paulson just freaking out over everything again. Okay. She's it's really over the top. And at one point, uh spoiler, I guess, a hamster gets blown up in a microwave. Or a hamster. Or not a hamster, a guinea pig. Aww. A guinea pig. And it's it's gross. But it's I'm watching it. And the character motivations don't seem real for anything, so I got it because I don't know how spoil. Uh, you are you gonna watch it? Do you plan uh, on eventually? It? Eventually, I don't care if you go spoiler with it. I I've been, I'll eventually watch it. Okay. Oh, Jeff's watching it. and I don't know how caught up he is, so I'm not gonna go too spoilery. But basically, the events that ended with C- with episode two have spiraled out of control now in episode three to the point where people are protesting Sarah Paulson's character. And she's being clearly targeted by the cult of clowns. <laughs> and uh, wait, you said the cult of Pennywise? So, <laughs> I didn't know this episode was all was right? about was about scary clowns. You know, I hate clowns. Right? The whole season, the whole season is about scary clowns. Oh God, I hate clowns. And and it's super political. Okay, it's super political to the point where. They're having an argument about the fact that Sarah Paulson, spoiler, voted for Jill Stein. You know, if that's a trigger for some people. Because apparently in this TV show, it is. And it's just ridiculous how over the top it is. And my big, like one of my biggest beefs with it is they hire this woman to be the maid or the nanny for their kid. But she has no experience with this. Like, and she looks creepy. She just looks creepy. 
I don't care if they say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. You judge this chick by her cover. She's creepy. <laughs> you know, you don't trust your child to this person, and they keep trusting her with them. And it's like all this stuff is going wrong, and they're staying in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's my scattershot. It broke me. <laughs> the show makes me so angry, it breaks me. <laughs> Get out of the house. Get out of the house. <laughs> can't you see? You can't stay in the house. Now, see, now, so but, that's my yeah, review but, but, of episode three. But see, now that you're screaming at the house and stuff like that, it makes me want to watch it. So, like, they're doing something right. Because I want to see why why you're screaming at the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, I, you just totally made. Oh, my God. It. I'm the I'm the victim. That's what the that's the twist for the season. You as the audience, you're the victim because you have to sit through this crap. It's gonna break you because it's so stupid. What? Congratulations, Ryan Murphy. Great twist. Yeah, but see what's gonna happen is towards the end of the season, you, they're gonna they're gonna flip it, and then you'll be like, "This is the best ever." I'm hoping. Like, I want to find out the motivation behind this cult because right now there there's none. And I think that's what's the most infuriating is I have to sit through all this chaotic imagery and all this really weird shit, and I don't know why I'm sitting through it. Well, like really vague reasons. Like Evan Peters is like, "Give me your pinky, it's the revolution," and it's like, okay, you know. Well, if it's clowns, I mean, they <sighs> knew that they knew that Stephen King's It was coming out. They knew it was going to be the number. They they knew ahead of time from the future that it was going to be the number one movie in the world. <laughs> That's, I actually think it was because there were so many damn clown sightings in 2016. Because they like, knew that it was coming. <laughs> the Lord and Savior Pennywise has that's... risen every 27 years. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, yes. no. That is, I do not. I do not want to actually believe that there's a cult of clowns out there. There's a cult of clowns praising... that praise Pennywise. You realize. Are you being serious right now? Well, you realize that. In twenty, oh. it, that it comes out, and the the sequel takes. Okay, you got to think about this. So yeah, the first, uh, this we'll one go, takes place I'll, in the I'll, 80s. I'll, I will go back into chapter two. I'll talk to you about chapter two here in a little bit. You okay. go into American Vandal. Oh man. Okay, so on the opposite end of the spectrum is American Vandal, and that was glorious. That was wonderful. That was like. Honestly, like, think of Mel Brooks in the 70s. Oh, yeah. That's like the caliber of... Are we talking Blazing Saddles good? American Vandal. I'm talking... Okay. High anxiety. I'm talking high anxiety good. Like, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are both, like, at the top. Okay. And then it's like, high anxiety is, like, number three in his, like, 70s movies. And it's fantastic. But, yeah, this is, like top quality Mel Brooks status wow. because the story itself stands on its own two feet. That's the thing that's missing from a good parody. And that's why I grew up loving parody. The parody genre is the genre held nearest and dearest to my heart. Like I love it. Oh, so much. 
And in recent years, we've gotten all the crap parodies, all the date movies, Vampires Suck, Epic Movie, Meet the Spartans. I was just just gonna say if you start, I I was gonna ask if you're gonna start going and critiquing all the all the films that spun off of from. (sighs) I mean, the first one was good. You got to remember, you got uh, the first two. Scary Scary movie is good. Two two is good. Three was, and even three was. I actually three has a soft spot in my heart. I saw it with some friends for a birthday, and so I got like. Member berries, but everything with it. after that was just like really because then you have disaster movie. You have, I mean, yeah, which the title, the the fucking writing's on the wall with yeah, that one. I man. know. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like I'm like really, I'm not gonna pay to go see this in theater. I'll admit that maybe I went and saw some double features where I went in to pay to see a good movie, and then I'm like, eh, we popped out the beer and we walked over to the other one. Yeah, no, I've I've you know. I've seen them on DVD. Uh, Jeff and I watched Date Movie, which was the I like Date first, Movie. I like, like Date Movie. That's the, like Chris Evans, though. That's it's the no, very no, no, first movie. Date movie. one of all Sorry, those not ones. Date movie. Not another teen movie is a good one. That Okay, but here's the thing. That's from a totally different Stout school company. of parody yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's totally different. That's not uh, Friedberg and Seltzer. <laughs> but yeah, those dudes, like Jeff and I saw Date Movie at his house long-ass time ago. I own it. And <laughs> I remember the cat, like, shitting in the toilet profusely i remember that and then something with napoleon dynamite because that's what those movies were man it was just like let's take every pop culture reference we can put it in a blender there you go yeah you know this one so not that there is like that's not where they get their laughs from they get their laughs from characters from the situations from there's an earnestness to it it's well paced. The characters are well are uh well rounded, and you genuinely care about this character, Dylan Maxwell, who's accused of this crime. So I should probably say what it's about for those who don't. I was yeah, just going to say what, what what crime did he do? Did did, did was he drawing? Okay. What was he so, was he finding objects of phallicness? No. So, uh. 27 faculty cars were vandalized with spray-painted penises. And there was... That's very phallic. And someone claims to have seen this student, Dylan Maxwell... (laughs) uh, Claims to have seen this character, Dylan Maxwell, perpetrate the crime. And this filmmaker in the school decides he's going to make, like, his own how-to-make-a-murderer type show. Or serial, or just those true crime documentaries. So it builds off of that idea, and he's not, and he's trying to find the truth about what happened. And it's nine episodes, and it's actually a really good mystery, as well, because you're sitting there and you're like, "Who did it? Who did it?" I was, I watched it all in a night. This really? is the third Netflix show that I've watched in a single evening. How long are the episodes? Are they thirty minutes an hour? Mm-hmm. 35 minutes. Okay, all right. I was up till 7.30 in the morning after I got off of work and started watching them again. And I, as I was watching it, I was getting into it, and I was screaming like, oh, it's this person. It had to be this person. Like, she's guilty. She's the guilty party. Just like someone would be during Making a Murderer. So the storyline is actually really good. The humor is hilarious. Like, I had genuine belly laughs and laughing out loud multiple times. Like 
it's it's fantastic. It's my favorite Netflix series Whoa. right now. That like the of the originals. Uh, like, like it's like, the funniest thing so, they've done. So comedy wise, or just all out there. Like I mean, are you you saying that this is no comedy okay, wise? Okay, that's, that's... Like comedy wise, this is this is like the best thing that I have seen them produce. Like comedy okay. wise. All right, because when you when you say Netflix original, I'm like, hey man, that's you're you're going at Stranger Things. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I know oh. they're, I know. It's you're about ready to blow me the back. It's also like, really great. To... <laughs> oh, that's not a bad shit. Okay. <laughs> It's all right. That's a Peter North shit. If you hadn't said, yeah, if if you hadn't said the word back, it would have said it would have sounded worse. But at least he said the word back. Baby gap back. Oh man, now, this is without Fouts or any of the other derailers. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I guess I you know. put two derailers on on a on a thing together, and then shit happens. I know it's skirts. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right. So if you had to, if, so yeah, watch American Vandal. It's fantastic. Now, what would you give it on a score? Like, because you've watched the whole ser- series, so what would you score it? Yeah, and why? Uh, I would, I would honestly score it like a like a solid nine out of ten. Okay. And- uh, I'm, I'm, I don't like to give ten out of tens because I'm kind of still on like the high of watching it. So it's like right now, it's like still burned in my brain, and I really enjoyed it. But I know that if I went back to it, I would enjoy it again because of the strength of the storyline. Okay. Comedy comes from story, yeah. man. It For me, that's what I think. Like, co- really great comedies come from a really strong story, from really strong characters. And an American Vandal had that. Well, I mean. And what's really. You can still go back and, and watch. And what's funny to me is that. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You, you go ahead. I'll just say, because, I mean, you can go back and you can watch at any time. You can pretty much watch any of those Mel Brooks films, and they still stand to this day as being quality film. I mean, yeah, you're going to see things dated. You're going to kind of like, oh, God, this is a little funnier. You're going to laugh at some stuff that's not supposed to be funny. Like, I mean, when you're yeah. like going back and seeing uh, Spaceballs, you know? I love Spaceballs. Oh, so here. much. Ugh. I see you. But, like, uh, you were saying, like, I picked this up for my birthday. Nice. Blazing Saddles on Blu-ray, you know. So, oh yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can't. So I'm still, I'm still going back to them all the time. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you know, you got. You, there's certain certain things that when the comedy's there, it it's just like I mean, like it's like when you're watching a horror when you're watching horror movies. It's like I got, mm-hmm. I got, I introduced my kids to uh, my kids. I introduced my boys to uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the whole series. We've wa- we've watched the only ones we haven't seen yet. We have not watched Jason Fre- uh, Jason versus Freddy. We have not watched. Okay. We have not watched uh, part. <laughs> we haven't watched uh, part four, which is the middle of the uh, of the uh, the trilogy. Oh, I know. I know the Friday. I know the Friday the Thirteenth uh, series. Yeah, and we ha- we haven't watched. My favorite one is Jason Takes Manhattan. That's same. My, that's my favorite too. Like I love it. Oh, I get out of here! We have the boys, and I, boys and I have watched that like four or five times already uh, since I introduced him to those. Like this one, just it's just fun, and it is, it is, it's fun because he gets out. I'm not talking he goes to space, you know, Jason X. Yeah, but I'm talking he gets out of Crystal Lake and he gets to do stuff, you know, and it's just. It's not supposed to be funny, but they were laughing a lot it, of it because it's gotten it got yeah. comical. You know, uh, I mean, they tried. What? Well, Go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, like, because when, when there's that moment where he's walking through Times Square 
and no one's like even batting an eye. He kills a dude in the middle of Times Square, and they're just like, whatever, man, it's New York. I know, I know. Or when he's going through it, you got, now this is what gets me, though. You got the punk rockers listening to rap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he just walks through, and he's just like, he just punches it and kicks it, and then he just looks back at him, and they're all like, like they're all pulling out the knife. You did it. And he just flips the mask, and they're like, oh, okay, okay. Pops it back down. Uh, I mean, that, it's yep. just, that, I mean, and then the, that was back, man, back, so you, you got to think about when that came out and think about the marketing they did for that. They had Jason go on the Arsenio Hall show in character. Oh my I mean, God. this is, that, that was, this is like, you know, this is like Ryan Reynolds grade, you know, yeah, grade media coverage of your film and pushing it out there, you know, and trying to get your PR stuff. That was, I mean, yeah, Deadpool's awesome, but guess what? Jason did it first, bitch. Just saying. So yeah. with that, let's get down into the uh, the hype train because I think I need I need I think I need to go paint some makeup on and get join this clown cult. <laughs> I'm beginning to think. Oh God, please yes, don't. Yes, let's do this. In our hype train, we have it chapter two. What it is is it's the sequel to it chapter one. It's targeting a late 2018 and 2019th release. The reason for talking about this, other than the fact that it's going to probably be amazing. Now, the thing is, I said before, is that the adult actors and actresses have to, I mean, they have to be on their A game because the kids did such an excellent job that whoever is goes into the roles. Now, the rumor is, is that because she was in Mama, um, and that she's being sought for the role is that uh, uh, Beverly will be played by Jessica Chastain. Uh, if if so, okay. I totally could see that as a great pick, and she's a great actress. Anybody else yeah. is all up in the air right now, and they need to find people because what they said is that he's he's taking he's taking the source material, but he's doing some change up with stuff. And this is what I wanted to talk about because it's mm-hmm. not spoiler. Cause if you know the books, if you know the stuff, you know, that there was mm-hmm. some kind of, there was some kind of hokey stuff. Like there was the, I mean the, the, yeah. the turtle, which the, the turtle versus it. This is like, it's a turtle, turtle God, like the turtle God. Like yeah. Is the, like the creator of, you know, the earth land wrestling on the back of the turtle. Anyway, that is, that is it or Pennywise. Mortal enemy mm-hmm. is the turtle, and it's referenced in the first film. You'll hear it just referenced at they. Well, the way uh-huh. that they talked to the turtle in the books was they found a shaman and they did this like peyote smoke, and then they wound up going to this astral plane, and then they met with the turtle, and then they were able to figure out how to defeat it. Right? This wasn't included in the miniseries. That wasn't included in a lot. Of, a lot of people who know it, they know it from the miniseries. They don't know. They don't know that that part had. Yeah, Stephen King definitely wasn't on a bunch of cocaine and, like, drunk off his ass writing. That definitely not. So, no way. So, oh, Pe- Pennywise man. is an astral being. He is from another another planet. Another. He's not from this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, another dimension. Yeah, they, they reference, New the, like, they don't reference the deadlights very often. There's one reference in it, mm-hmm. uh, in the first one. That's going to be, supposedly, he says it's going to be explained more. Because, you know, it is kind of like an entity of multiple things that are the deadlights. Now, with the sequel, though, so we all know in the storyline that everybody goes off in their own directions, right? They all go off and they live their mm-hmm. life to adulthood. Yeah. So this film, the original took place in the 50s, 
And then the when they came back was in the 80s, right? 27 years later. Yeah. This one takes place in 89. Yep. So they could do it. Present in day. modern times. Yeah, in modern times. Mm-hmm. And that's where one of the the, twitch, the switches are. And then they're like, okay, well, we need to reference, you know, we need to reference how they learn to defeat Pennywise. Well, Mike, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Mike, he's the one that doesn't leave Derry. You know, he's he stays back, yeah. becomes a librarian and stuff like that. Well, what mm-hmm. they wanted, what they wanted to do is that they wanted to be. The director says, "I want him to be a librarian, but we don't want to do the whole shaman and peyote stuff. But instead." Uh, the sequel is going to still have some of the humor and stuff like that, but it's going to be mostly regarded in flashbacks with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the kid actors will be coming back on to do some flashback material, but cool, cool. The, the adult stuff is all going to be really dark and twisted. Like Mike's character is actually going to be a druggie, not because not because okay. he wants to be a druggie or he got or he needed it to be able to cope with things. But because in order to get onto a plane that he could be able to study and be able to figure out how to defeat it, he does these psychotropic drugs and stuff like that and becomes a junkie because of the fact. And that's his twist on it. And when I heard that they were going to go okay. that route, I'm like – I went to Reddit. I'm like, I got I to gotta see what people are saying. And believe it or not, Reddit pos- is being positive with it. They're like, yeah, this is actually – this works. I don't believe it. Like, yeah, like, like they were actually like, you know what? Fans of the book were like, that makes sense. Okay, let's see what you do. It's really cool. Like, I mean, people are backing him. And mm-hmm. for me, I'm th- I'm hearing this. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, please, please give, you know, the studio, one, the studio's backing off. The studio's like, hey, uh, we didn't give you all the funding for the stuff you wanted. But guess what? Uh, we've made so much money. You get all the funding you need. <clears throat> You're like, you go do you. And we're going to sit back and you just make us some money, please. Because right now, man, I hope it pay, I hope it pans out because then maybe we can get more directors doing that. exactly because I mean, he he took a risk. He took a risk. I mean, this this film has been trying to be remade and remade and I had different directors attached to it. I mean, Sam Raimi, I think, was originally mm-hmm. I was attached to it at one point. I mean, there are all these all these different directors that were attached at various uh. times. And then the, it would just tank through different actors to play Pennywise, mm-hmm. you know, originally uh, the yeah. actor from the kid t- from Where the Millers. Yes, yes. He was going to be Pennywise. And, you know, and I, I remember seeing a picture of him done up, you know, in makeup and stuff like that. Or it was a fan fate made version of it, and it looked creepy. Yeah, I've seen. I saw that. But yeah, Bill Skarsgård. I can't picture anybody like like. I mean, I can't picture anybody. Even even you know even Tim Curry. I love I love the actor. He's a fantastic actor. I can't picture anybody yeah. as it because in my head what I pictured him as, and what Bill mm-hmm. Skarsgård is, and what he does, and the contortions and stuff like that, like. Mind blown! Like I could not like you when I saw that. I'm like, this is my horror. This is my nightmares on screen. Realize like how they got in my head and pulled it out and put it on the screen. I don't know how he knew to move in a way that that makes me want to like cry. I don't know. Like it, it was just so well done. And so that that's I'm just I'm I'm excited to see what where they go with this. The like I said, it's. It's the only thing that they got to do is they have to pick an excellent team of adult actors to play the characters because 
the, the, the miniseries was good. Like, it had John Ritter in it. I mean, oh, my God, it had John Ritter. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. had members. You get, it had, you had Andrews from, no, yeah, from Night Court. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I love Night yeah, Court. same here, you know? So I'm like, I mean, it had it had great actors. Like, it had great actors. It was good for mm-hmm. its time. You know, it was good for its time. It did its thing. It's frightened I, people. I, I think it's still actually yeah, pretty good. I mean, obviously, the second part isn't as good no, as the first no, no, part. No, 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 no. You know, like nowhere near as good. And the kids were good too in they the were, they were. as well. Little Seth Green, little Seth Green, <laughs> and now grown up little Seth Green. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. And that, it was something that was, it was fun to watch. It was, you know, and this, this next, the next chapter, I can't, like, when the studio says, basically opens their wallet and says, run with it. And the director did a good job. As long as he they allow him to run, and they don't see the, the dollars going out, and all of a sudden he decided to pull the cord and pull Yankin back. Yeah. If they really, honestly, let him run and do his thing, I think that you're going to see one of the best. Like I feel that the first one was more of a coming of age film, whereas mm-hmm. this one is going to be the horror film. Any. Okay. That's, that's what I feel. I, I'm, da- I'm down for this. I'm down for this. And then they did say that the studio has said that after both films have ran its release, they are talking about doing a a super mesh where they will combine the two into one film with some mm-hmm. added added scenes and stuff. And then re-release. So they're going to do what Tarantino did that one yeah. time. Yep. Exactly. <sighs> I still want to see the super mesh of Kill Bill. Yeah, same here. I still well, I know that's what, completely off yeah, topic. Yeah, but the but third Super one Mash. is being the third one, Kill Bill Three. Is that still going to happen? Uh, last I checked. Uh, my, my, well, because he's got the Manson, the Manson family movies. His next one. Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is where we need Nick on because uh, Nick, uh, my brother-in-law Nick, is a huge Tarantino fan, and well, so am yeah. I. Well, I used to be, but I kind of fell off after. I feel like he really hit his peak with Inglorious Bastards. Like that was his best oh, film. That was so good. Uh, and then it's like Django Unchained was pretty good, and then Hateful Eight was really good. But I did I don't find myself wanting to rewatch it. I haven't seen Hateful Eight because of the fact that I just like it's Tarantino films for me. They're hit or miss, or I have to be in the mood mm-hmm. for them. Uh, Robert Rodriguez films, yeah. I'm always down for them. Like I'm like yes. Now uh, you know uh, Robert Rodriguez. I, really? Yeah, I love Robert Rodriguez. I I mean I I enjoy Robert Rodriguez, but I wouldn't say like I love his work. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I can't really think of a Robert Rodriguez movie that yeah. I hate. I mean, I don't like his kids' movies. I I, 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 I like Spy like, Kids yeah. and Spy Kids I, I too. Liked, I even like. I kid. like the two Spy Kids yeah, ones. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Come on. I don't like Little Potato Llama movies. No. <laughs> and I don't care if Big Head George Lopez is in it either. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in a movie theater when that movie was coming out, so I saw that poster all the time. <laughs> Okay, so next up, we're gonna talk, and this is kind of like going back there now. This is this is going a ways back. Uh, you remember that Hayden Christensen film, Jumper? I worked in a movie theater when that movie was coming out, showing that trailer for surveys. Yeah, I remember the movie Jumper. Now, I like, I actually like the film. Okay, and I also like uh, Hayden Christensen as an actor, even though I've read that. He's what? Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. Life is a house. How can you like life, Hayden life Christensen is a house. as an actor? Life is a house. Life is a house. Not even Shattered Glass. Like I would, I'm willing. I'm more willing to accept Shattered Glass. Uh, but my favorite's Life is a House. Like 
Okay, but, fine. We can continue. But <laughs> he's done some other stuff that I found that he's actually did kind of comedy in that I actually really I, I chuckled at. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, this isn't. But this isn't about Hayden Christensen. So so we're, we're talking. No. We're talking Jumper TV series. What is it? Uh, yeah, Jamie Bell, who was in Jumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes, so was. this is a British TV direct and TV British TV director Julian Simpson are teaming up to develop Jumper, a TV series adaptation of the 2008 film of the same name, based on Stephen Gould's novel series. So, mm-hmm. basically, Bell co-starred in the film, and he may be re- may be reprising his role in the series, which is in development at Studio Canal. I love Studio Canal, the work that they put out, that they back, and everything. So I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this is going to be a Studio Canal, New Regency, and Lionsgate uh, series. Those typically I've I've found enjoyment in watching. Uh, the project is not to be confused with YouTube Red's Impulse, a series adaptation of the third novel in the Jumper series, which has a film director Doug Lehman set to helm and executive produce. The project is still being developed by Universal oh. Cable Productions. So there are two separate. Series being developed for Jumper. Wow, that dude really struck gold after making one shitty movie. <laughs> well, he's... Like, that movie did so poorly, like, critically and financially, and yet somehow they're going to do two different series based off of it, and one of them, they're getting Doug Lehman back? Yeah. He has, he has a successful career. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's coming back to do... Good for and, them. And for YouTube Red. So, I mean, YouTube Red is paying... This is some YouTube money. This is Google. They're oh this is Google man. money. They are really, they're really risking it. They're really trying to jump on that. Like, look, Amazon did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah, sort of. Yeah, very true. <laughs> and then, uh, so next up, this is something that my brother-in-law, uh, Nick, directed us towards. And Isle of Dogs. Yeah. I, this, this, I, I, I you know, he, I, I like. I like like the Leica stuff. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of you know you mm-hmm. we're, we're from the Northwest, so of course you know we have yeah. Northwest pride. We like Leica, uh, but exactly. But this this too, this looks. I mean, this looks at first. I was like, wait, this is kind of kind of sounds like it's gritty, but it it looks good. Like it really is. It's an animated. It's like it stop, looks fantastic. It, it's like it's stop motion animation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same people that made similar to the previous work, which was uh, it's a Wes Anderson. Stop motion feature, very similar to uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox, which he also directed, yeah. and that's the thing. So for me, Wes Anderson is uh, really hit or miss. I think he's probably the most pretentious director, and I think that people who are his fanboys are the worst fucking film goers on the face of the planet. Like I hate them. I hate them with a passion. Uh, oh my god. The- their skinny jeans and they're they're looking they're rich trying to pretend to be poor. Ooh, my parents get a divorce. Wes Anderson speaks to me. Wes Anderson is a bite artist. <laughs> Where was I going with that? Um, <laughs> uh, no, I actually so did have uh, a point. I was it's set that. Anyway, Japan. Like, I, it's set in Japan where yes, it fo- follows a boy's odyssey in search of his dog, and it's like. It's like there's an I like there's a dog a- epidemic or something like that that goes on and they they ship all the dogs off to a trash island. So they are living on this island yeah, of trash. It's basically Australia. Um 
Wow. Well, no, Hi, no, 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 Inmates to Australia. I totally knew where you were going with that from not, the get go. Don't not, worry. Not saying that Australia is trash. Trust me. I I, I want to go. Visit. No, no. I know my history. I know my history. <laughs> but it, it's essentially the same same idea. And then one boy goes in search of his dog. Now, what I thought was cool is that mm-hmm. all the people, uh, all 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 the people speak Japanese except for there is one uh, one uh, Caucasian gal that she speaks English. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson is the voice. And so you have that. Then the rest of the uh, rest of them are dogs, and they're played by a lot of different mm-hmm. well-known actors. Um, uh, Bill Murray, Ed Norton. I know, I know, it's like, I know. Bloom, Bill Murray, just, Brian Cranston. I know, just to name a few. <laughs> well, a lot of them are actually uh, Wes Anderson staples. So, like I was saying, I have a hit or miss relationship with him. I don't like his fans, but I like some of his movies. But his his animated work, which was just previously Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of my favorite all-time animated films and easily in, like, my top 50 favorite films. It's really good. And this is done with the same style of stop motion, and it has that Wes Anderson feel to it. And it, from from a film viewing perspective, like, as art, it looks beautiful. It does. I mean, and it's, I love, it's... And the running gag with the dog sneezing is hilarious. Yeah. I've seen the trailer a couple times today and there's three different moments where just like the dogs are doing their little speech and then they just this little dog sneezes a little dust and it's just it's adorable. It's dogs. How can you not be happy with the movie about dogs voiced by Brian Cranston? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's it looks to be something to definitely keep your keep your eyes out for. Um uh, I mean even still though, I think when it launches, I think it's going to be one of those sleeper hits that turns into an Oscar, uh, Oscar-nominated film, just like Mr. Fox. Oh, Wes Anderson always, Wes Anderson always gets an Oscar. Not Grand Budapest Hotel, Royal Tenenbaums, uh, just to name a few. See, you know, you know, you know the thing is, is the Royal Tenenbaums. I watched that. I've, I've seen it a few times. I actually like. I Same. didn't like it. Like, I, that's dude. That's what it is with me too. Like, I've had it for years, and I've watched it a few times, and I'm just like, like, I like dry comedy, but just those characters are so detestable in that movie. Yeah, I, I really, like, like, that one, I I couldn't I couldn't get around it now, now the, you know, Grand Budapest Hotel, Motel, that, or Hotel, that one, I, I really yeah. liked. Like, I like, I like those. Because the characters are likable. Exactly, yeah. it, it really depends on the characters that he's portraying. Mm-hmm. You know, like Darjeeling Limited was similar to like, I didn't like Darjeeling Limited. You know, I didn't like the characters, yep. but, you know, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I like the characters. So it's like, cool. Uh, you know, Grand Budapest, like the characters, you know, a life aquatic of Steve Zissou, like the characters. Yep. You know, I'm doing that thing where I talk myself into the opposite again. <laughs> <laughs> so going off from Isle of Dogs. Well, we're going to go into talk about it. This is a comic adaptation, and this is the last on our hype train. And it is Robert Kirkman, who is from, you know, Walking Dead and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. He's adapting to uh, kill the Minotaur into a feature-length film. Now, if you're asking what this is, you know, when I saw it, like, I, I it, it queued up something in my head, and I'm like, God, I feel like I know this. 
Well, mm-hmm. this is what it is. Uh, so the Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman's Skybound Entertainment is teaming with Universal Pictures on a sci-fi thriller feature adaptation of the comic Kill the Minotaur. The project is described as a modern and fantastical take on the ancient Greek myth of Thesis. His journey into King Minos, a labyrinth, and facing off against the Minotaur. Here the maze is much larger, and the half-man, half-bull creature has its own world-threatening plans. The comic creators Christian Cantamesa and Chris Pacetto, the former one of the writers, is from the acclaimed video game Red Dead Redemption, yes, um, hey. <laughs> are attached to pen the script. Kirkman, Brian Frust, and Sean Furst, and David Alport will produce. I'm excited. Like I, I did. Like I did some research on this stuff, and the th- one thing that Robert Kirkman is pretty good at is bringing his bringing when he finds a comic that he's interested in or he's written, mm-hmm. you know, and brings it to <laughs> screen. He does a mm-hmm. good job with it. Like he, you know, he doesn't always follow the suit of the exact, you know, because he wants people to still be surprised yeah. and stuff. But that's they don't. To me, that's good. That that's being a good auteur. You know, that's that's I I yeah. want I want you I want you to have the general idea, but I want to still surprise my fan base. I want you to have something a different experience when you read the comics. I want you to feel this way when you watch the series. I want you to feel this way. And in the end, when everything's said and done, I want it to come together and you to just be a fan over the entire thing. And that's what he does. It's it's really uh, like, I mean, his rise to, I guess, almost power with The Walking Dead has been has been nice to see because, you know, you're seeing him change up things. Mm-hmm. And and that's been that's been one of the things that I've I've liked, you know, because. The a lot of the films that we've gotten uh, from other comic things, like I mean, uh, like Sin City was great. Sin City was amazing. Oh, absolutely! And that was a Rod, Rod, Robert. That was, that was the C, and that's Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, now, like I said, I can't yeah. think of a Robert Rodriguez movie that like I don't like. But then you get, like, but then you get things Sharkboy. like like the Spirit and things like that that were. That were adapted. And that was the, Frank Miller was being Frank like, Miller. I can make a movie. Yeah. I can and make so a movie. So that's what I'm trying to say. So you got Frank Miller that when he jumps in to, to take on stuff, he's not, you know, he's good with his stuff being sourced out to people. Frank Miller give, toss some stuff over to Kirkman because Kirkman right now, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything that he's put out that I haven't really enjoyed. Well, what else has he put out other than Walking Dead? Mm, oh, God. Now, now I, I you, you see you got pull me. There was a couple. There's been a few things that he's done, and uh, but I don't have them off the top of my head. I'd have to look them up. And but hold on, I guess yeah. It's, all right, we don't have to pull them up right now. <laughs> but uh, so but I'll I'll look into it to see what else he is, and I'll uh, okay. I'll form my opinion then. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so with that, we have you know the two man that we did the two man show for in our queue. And uh, this week's game on, guys. This week's game on will be uh, it's it's going to be another one of our our special uh, spotlight episodes. This one's going to be an interview with streamer Bast underscore fifty. He's a personal friend of mine. That I mean, I became a friend of his after following him on Twitch. The guy is an amazing, amazing 
uh, streamer. He's bilingual. Uh, he's from Quebec, Canada, and he streams in both French and English dual at the same time. So if you're talking to him and you're Whoa. French, he'll speak French. Mid-sentence, he'll switch it up to say something to somebody else in chat. And I'm telling you guys, this guy really cares about just – I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a subscriber or follower or whatever. If you just even pop into his stream, this guy remembers you. It's insane. Like – you might not even follow him. You might just see him a few times and pop in when you see him online, and he'll remember. He'll remember conversations oh. like people in this guy's in the. I mean, in this guy's uh, group and Discord and everything else. He, you're treated like family, and it's it's really uh, an uplifting experience. And uh, I jokingly tell him that Amazon created the. The Amazon free Amazon Prime free subscription button for him because my button, my free subscription always goes to him. <laughs> Just oh, he's he's a he's like again he's a great guy. I got a chance to interview him at PAX West, and he's got a really cool. Uh, it's 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 a you know it's a coming of age story from you know from little little, little you know little best to where he is now. Uh, the things that have gone on in his life to direct him towards doing what he does, and it's a really fun interview. Now the audio, I'm at I'm at Pax West, and so the, uh, we had to try to find a somewhat quiet place to record, and our microphone or the microphone that I was using kind of tries to cut out a little bit some of our audio. We've we've, we've uh, through the magic of editing, we've got it as smooth as we can, but it's still it's still decent enough that we want to definitely get it out here so that you guys all can hear. And, uh, if you're, and, and it's, it's just, well, you know what? Just, just listen to it. Uh, this, this week's episode of, of game on featuring, uh, best underscore 50 from Twitch. The guy is, is an amazing individual. And if you're listening to this, go check out his channel. The guy's fun as heck to watch. I mean, literally, and he's online every night at seven o'clock unless, I mean, basically seven days a week like he rarely takes any time off so seven o'clock at night usually you know up until like between five and you know sometimes seven in the morning you can catch his stream Jesus. and he also periodically does uh marathon streams where the more subscri- subscribers he gets they can say they can add time or take away time and so he's done up towards he's done oh. up to like 48 hours of streaming it's it's. What do you stream for forty eight hours? Just video ba- games? bouncing back and forth between games, man. Bouncing back and forth between games. But I'm telling you, the difference. Man, I do not like video games that much. I could not do that. I was never one of those people. Now, that's oh I, man, my brother's like that. He now can do I, that. I'm telling you, he is. He's the type of person that he's infectious because you you want you start watching and you don't want to watch anything. It doesn't matter if you're watching for the video mm-hmm. games or not because it's his sense of humor and just the sense of community in watching him. Mm-hmm. There's few streamers that are like that. Uh, some of, some of the, you know, one of the other ones, which is actually someone who's a friend of his uh, is also Burke Black. Burke Black streams everything in character and he's a pirate and everything is like, <laughs> everything is everything's role played. Uh, he does. He'll, and, and uh, like, that sounds awesome. Oh, it is. It's like watching a regular TV show. Like I've almost put in my queue, Bass underscore fifty and Burke Black is like that because you always can know that they're going to be online and you can watch what they're playing and then the storyline kind of you know keeps going as it is. Like uh, Bass fifty was role playing Friday the Thirteenth. 
And it okay. was awesome. He's going on there with a bunch of other streamers, and they're just having a good old time. And I'll tell you what, it's just fun to watch. And I look forward to I'll have to check it out. Bast underscore 50. It's something that definitely. So with that, so next this week, it's going to be, like I said, a little more of a mix-up again. We do getting ourselves caught back up to where things are back to normal. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so with that in closing, uh, Paul, where, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Paul, double R-O-M-A-N. Now, you have something, you and, I know Jeff teased about this. You guys got something coming to the yeah. channel here pretty soon. Uh, yeah, if we, yeah, I would totally love to make that announcement. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Jeff Barry and I, uh, prior to joining the ranks of the Geekologist crew, we're doing our own little cast called TLDW, the podcast, stood for Too Long, Didn't Watch, in which we watched a movie trailer, we each made up our own plot, and then we tried to combine our two plots into what we consider to be the movie plot for said unwatched film. And uh, we have six episodes that we recorded, four of them we recorded together, one I recorded with a special guest, a uh, longtime friend of ours, Mr. Joe King. And one, which was kind of like the season one finale, I did all by myself uh, interviewing my uh, some replacements for Mr. Jeff Barry. Uh, some, some interesting people dropped by my apartment that day. And they're going <laughs> to they're gonna be coming here soon to like a replay like Ecologist Radio presents TLDW the podcast replay stuff. Now with the replay, that'll be coming a- out after soon. the replay. There's other stuff. There's there's more of an announcement to that, isn't there? Uh yes. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Friday the twenty second. Just for specifics, Jeff and I will be starting production on the new season of Too Long Didn't Watch the podcast. So we're gonna have some some new crazy trailers and stuff coming to you guys here soon. And, uh, so for those listening, do you think there's any chance that we can great. get a snippet of what the what the new trailer is for the first episode of season one, the or season two? Uh for season two, uh, we're we're thinking it's uh, we're gonna go for a little Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. Any any chance we can get like a little bit of like I don't know, like 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 a snippet of what you think you might be doing with that? Uh, no. Ah, oh, damn. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to have to, I guess we're going to have to go through, listen to the replays each week that we, episodes we put out and, and, pre- so. and prep for uh, season two of that. I'm excited. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, it's some, be maybe, fantastic. Uh, maybe we'll have some of us, uh, join, join on there with you and we'll do a, do some that would be amazing. Yeah. I guess I'll talk to you off, uh, off of this and yeah, okay. I got some stuff I want to tell you. <laughs> All right. So you can find me. <laughs> Man in the uh, late night, well, soon to be just daytime. I'll be doing prime time uh-huh. with the uh, Geekologist Radio uh, Twitter. Minus T for character restrictions. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damian Nash. Uh, all one word. And, uh, yeah, articles going to be coming up here pretty soon for uh, new articles, stuff coming up on both Geekologist Radio and, uh, and Rectify Gaming. And with that... We are out.